Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's the middle of the week. It's a Wednesday morning, Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023. Great to be with you here on the EWTN, Global Catholic Radio Network. And of course, things are underway over in Portugal for World Youth Day. Beautiful event. We'll have details on the numbers, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Pope's activities. He arrived today as well. Joan Lewis will fill us in. She's in Rome, but she's monitoring this very closely, and she has some great statistics and research on previous World Youth Days, and we'll talk about that with Joan, and that, of course, is later in the program. First up, though, after the break in the news, we're going to be visiting with Jim Wahlberg. He's been on the show with us many times, and he and I have done uh, an event together, more than one event together. I actually got to interview him, was it last year or two years ago, when he was a speaker for the pre-section that we did for the Good News Cruise. I'm trying to remember. Then I saw him also earlier this year at another conference out in California. He's an amazing speaker and has had amazing reversion to the Catholic faith. And he is part of the Good News Conference, which is coming up this fall. We'll give you all the details. Of course, Bishop Barron directly involved in that, corporate travel, and of course the co-sponsor, goodnewsconference.com. And Jim Wahlberg is the author of really his life story. It's called The Big Hustle, a Boston Street Kid's Story of Addiction and Redemption. He's the executive director of the Mark Wahlberg Youth Foundation, created to improve the quality of life for inner city young people through a working partnership with other youth organizations. Now, he has a strong, strong dedication to the Eucharist and talks a lot about the Eucharist, bringing him back to Christ and the church. So that's a great story. And we'll talk with Jim really about what what is his involvement this year with the Good News Conference and what he hopes to accomplish and the message he hopes to impart, being that this is leading up to, of course, the events next year for the big Eucharistic Congress next summer. So Jim Wahlberg is our first guest. And as I mentioned earlier, Joan Lewis is going to be checking in, as she always does, at 39 minutes past the hour. The weather is still wacky out there. We have a lot of heat in various parts of the country. We'll have an update in the news for you. And that extreme heat is also causing some flash flooding and some rain concerns around the various parts, especially the states that are affected by the extreme heat. Again, we'll have an update coming up in the news in just a few minutes. Now, I do want to remind you, given that World Youth Day is now underway, do not forget that you can check it all out in terms of what you can see and when with all the different events and the streaming that we're doing at EWTN because we're there, we're everywhere, and this is a huge event and a very important one, not only for the church now but for the future because so many young people are involved. And all you need to do is go to EWTN.com and right there on the homepage is a link and you'll see the big slide talking about World Youth Day and you go there, it shows you what's coming up. Very easy and very convenient in terms to follow all the coverage of World Youth Day from EWTN. Now we are working on getting a couple of guests tomorrow, hopefully after we chat with Father Mitch. Our friends at Corporate Travel actually took a group with our very own Chris Stefanik and Jason Everett who are over there with young people. And we are working very hard to confirm the interview with Jason and Chris Stefanik hopefully tomorrow at 39 minutes past the hour. So continue to work on that for tomorrow's show. In the meantime, it's today. So we have to get started. Thanks to Eric Dumont from Ave Maria Radio, who's sitting in for Andrew today, who has this day in the middle of the week off. 
Let's get started. Tons of news, as always. It is four minutes past the hour now on a Wednesday morning, and you're listening to EWTN. The young people, as we just mentioned, from around the world, gathering in the European capital for five days of worship activities and fellowship. It's the first World Youth Day to take place since COVID-19 upended plans for a gathering last year. The last one taking place in Panama in 2019. And the Holy Father, as we mentioned, and Joan will have more on this a little later on, arriving for the festivities yesterday, actually today. Organizers said at a press conference yesterday morning, there are some, listen to this number, 354,000 pilgrims from at least 143 countries registered for this event. Again, World Youth Day kicking off in Lisbon, Portugal yesterday with an opening mass before a crowd of hundreds of thousands. Pope Francis, as we mentioned, traveling for a two-day visit. Now he's going to be actually a several-day visit in Portugal for World Youth Day, but his travels won't end there. Next month, he will be going to visit the southern French city of Marseille to close the Mediterranean meetings. That's gathering bishops and young people from the Mediterranean basin, and that will take place between the 17th and the 24th of September. The visit, as Lisa Zangarini with Vatican News reports, will mark the Holy Father's 44th apostolic journey abroad. According to the program released by the Holy See Press Office, Pope Francis will depart from Rome's Fiumicino Airport early in the afternoon of Friday, 22nd of September, arriving at Marseille International Airport at 4.15. There he will be welcomed by the French President Emmanuel Macron. At 5.15 he will then preside a Marian prayer with the diocesan clergy in the Basilica of Notre-Dame de la Garde, followed by a moment of reflection with religious leaders near the memorial dedicated to sailors and migrants lost at sea. On September the 23rd, after a private meeting with people experiencing economic hardship at the Archbishop's residence, Pope Francis will address the final session of the Mediterranean meetings at the Palais du Faro, where he will also meet with President Macron. Finally, in the afternoon, the Pope is scheduled to preside over Holy Mass at the Velodrome Stadium before departing from Marseille's International Airport to Rome, where he will arrive at 8.50 in the evening. In other news this morning, a new Louisiana law requiring every public school classroom in that state to display a printed poster that reads, In God We Trust. The law, one of a number that took effect yesterday, Republican State Rep. Dodie Horton authoring that measure, pointing out the statement is the official national motto. The law says schools can spend public dollars on the posters or accept them as donations. In Texas, three more people have been charged on a federal basis in connection to a deadly smuggling event that happened back in March. They kidnapped a group of illegal immigrants and held them hostage in a Houston hotel room. The hostage takers were sending videos of the vicious beatings to the victims' families to get ransom payments. That's FBI Houston Special Agent in Charge James Smith, who says two of the hostages were released, law enforcement conducting an operation to rescue the remaining victims, the operation leading to the death of one of the kidnappers. Warrants are now out for two additional people believed to be involved in the scheme, and there's a $5,000 reward now being offered. Meanwhile, Jack Cronin tells us four people have been arrested on the West Coast in San Diego County during a nationwide human trafficking operation. 
The FBI says four people were arrested and 15 victims, including two under the age of 18, were rescued. Operation Cross Country 13 was a two-week investigation from the FBI, the San Diego Human Trafficking Task Force, and several other agencies, including the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. The four suspects were arrested on charges of sexual exploitation, including children as well as human trafficking. And more people are trying to cross apparently into the U.S. from Mexico with low tide. Tijuana's fire department telling the border report the number of people trying to swim around the border barrier increasing by 30 to 40 percent. This is a barrier that extends into the ocean south of Imperial Beach, California. Tijuana's fire chief also saying smugglers are using the low tides to convince more migrants to walk and float around the fence, including babies. A spokesman for the Border Patrol says all agents keep track of the tides as a way to determine when and where maritime smuggling events might be taking place. The man charged with New York's Gilgo Beach serial killings showing no emotion in court yesterday. We're going to defend this case in a courtroom. In the courtroom we just were in, where we have 12 fair and impartial jurors, where we have a fair and impartial judge. Rex Heuerman's attorney, Michael Brown, saying there has been thousands of leads in the case that he has not seen yet. Heuerman was present for a preliminary hearing after he was charged last month with the murders of three women. The bodies of the women, all prostitutes, were found on the Long Island Beach more than 10 years ago. The 59-year-old architect pleading not guilty expected back in court next month. Lisa Taylor tells us a judge denying bond for a woman who killed a just-married bride in a deadly golf cart crash earlier this year. Police say Jamie Komorowski was going well over the speed limit on a South Carolina beach road when she hit a bride and groom in April. The 25-year-old has been charged with three counts of DUI involving great bodily injury or death and reckless homicide. The judge says a $150,000 bond will be set with house arrest requirements if there's no trial by March 2024. A man driving a stolen SUV now facing charges after plowing into a group of people in Manhattan at the height of evening rush hour. Police say it was around 5.30 Eastern time yesterday near Grand Central Station when officers were trying to make a traffic stop at 42nd Street and Lexington Avenue. The driver fled, hitting a biker and taxi before jumping the sidewalk, also striking pedestrians. He was driving extremely fast down the sidewalk, took out a bunch of people, hit somebody on a city bike. The chaos ending after the SUV collided with another car and Good Samaritans tracking or tackling the suspect who tried to run. Ten people were hurt, including two children, but all are expected to be okay. The suspect was reportedly under the influence of drugs and had been unlicensed with several prior arrests. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is claiming the Justice Department is using the latest indictment against former President Donald Trump as a major distraction. In a social media post yesterday, McCarthy pointing to recent information gathered about Joe Biden and his son Hunter, whose business dealings have been the subject of recent GOP investigations. The speaker called it a two-tiered system of justice. And the U.S. Embassy in Niger is open and operating normally, apparently, amid a military takeover in that country. We're monitoring the uh, efforts by France and other Europeans to evacuate their citizens. We urge Nigerian authorities to facilitate an orderly, safe evacuation. State Department spokesman Matthew Miller saying there's no indication of threats to U.S. citizens or facilities there at this time. This comes, though, as France and other European countries have started evacuating their personnel. Niger's democratically elected president was pushed out of office last week. While European nations have called the takeover by the military a coup, the Biden administration has not done that as of yet. 
Summer continues, as we mentioned earlier, with millions of Americans under heat alerts all across the South, where the heat index is hitting triple digits once again. In New Orleans, the heat index reaching 109 degrees yesterday, while over in Corpus Christi, Texas, that number reaching 112. Over in Phoenix, temps are expected to be above 110 again by the end of this week. Cases of leprosy, also known as Hansen's disease, are spiking apparently in central Florida. Infectious diseases expert Dr. Eileen Marty says, while the disease is often spread by armadillos, this outbreak appears to be spread through human contact, possibly from travelers. We see cases in the United States, mostly in the Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Florida area, and they acquired it, no doubt, from an immigrant that brought it with them. We try and make sure that those importations don't happen of any disease, including leprosy, but it's a challenge. And while most people are immune to leprosy, 10% of the population will get the skin disease if they are exposed. Fortunately, she says the disease is treatable. Finally, in our new segment at almost 13 minutes past the hour on a Wednesday, the middle of the week, it is August 2nd, 2023, CVS laying off 5,000 employees. Those layoffs will happen in what the company calls non-customer-facing positions, mainly corporate staff. The drugstore chain says it's evolving to adapt new customer health needs and expectations. The Wall Street Journal first reported that news, saying the change is part of the company's efforts to move toward a focus on health services. So appreciate your listenership here at EWTN Radio. Don't forget, for all the information and coverage that we're doing for World Youth Day, details can be found at EWTN.com. And also, of course, follow your regular programs, especially our many, many excellent news outlets. Up next, speaking of news, good news, as in the Gospel of Jesus Christ and the Good News Conference coming up this fall. And we are going to be joined by one of those who will be very involved, Jim Wahlberg. Stay tuned. I am Doug Keck inviting you to EWTN's hometown of Birmingham, Alabama for our free family celebration Saturday, August the 26th. Enjoy talks from your favorite EWTN radio and TV personalities. You can shop at EWTN's religious catalog, attend Holy Mass, and be part of a special Eucharistic procession to the streets of Birmingham. Go to EWTN.com slash family celebration to find out more and to register. Hope to see you there. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. 
More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Christ is the answer with Father John Ricardo. I tell oftentimes an experience that I had at Divine Child when I was a young priest, one year ordained, first time I ever really saw the power of the Blessed Sacrament. And we simply exposed the Blessed Sacrament at the end of Mass one night. I encouraged people. I said, you know what, we've been in the habit of praying over people after Mass. I said, we're not going to do that this week. I'm just going to invite people to come on up and pray if they want to pray. And I put the Blessed Sacrament on the altar. I kneel down. As I kneel down, the church is in the sanctuary, the whole church. And as I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at the people there, and I'm looking at Jesus under the appearance of bread there, I saw the Lord standing on the altar. And he's just standing there looking out at all the people. And then at a certain point, he turned towards me, and he just bowed. And he says, don't you see how easy this is? You don't have to do anything. You just have to put me out. You put me out, and I will work. Guest Hour, welcome back, Catholic Connection. Working on getting a hold of our scheduled guest, Jim Wahlberg, who is part of the Good News Conference this fall. Hopefully we will get in touch with him and, and regroup, if not at the bottom of the hour, another time. So I wanted to share, I was going to save this for my... Oh, you have him. Oh, okay. Thanks, Eric. I thought he wasn't there. Oh, that's good news. All right. Then this way I can save this really important story for Friday. Hey, Jim, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am good. It's great to talk to you again. Last time we connected was in California, right, at that beautiful Eucharistic conference. Oh, yes. It was amazing. Yeah, it was. All right. So you're part of the Good News Conference this fall. Tell us about the role you're playing and what message you hope to impart to the people gathering. Uh, first of all, let me just say what an honor it is to be on your show again. Aw, uh, thanks. I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a fan <laughs> so um, thank you for having me. And, yeah, I mean, listen, the Good News Conference, it's all about the good news, right? Amen. And I'm looking at the lineup, right? And so I know Amakali a little bit, mm-hmm. and but I, don't, I have never met any of the other folks that are going to be speaking at this conference. I'm very excited. And apparently, Tim Tebow's going to be there. Yep. And this is big. This is big. This is big. It's right? very big. Tim, Tim is on fire, man. So I'm excited to meet him as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be there to share the good news of Jesus Christ and what he's done in my life. All right? Um, my life started out very difficult. And uh, I, I, I like to call it, I had a very tough paper route. You know, I mm. got in trouble at a very, very young age and found myself in handcuffs at a very young age and addicted to alcohol and drugs at a very mm. young age. And, uh, and it wasn't until I was in state prison in Massachusetts that uh, my life slowed down long enough for me to realize that maybe I could live another way. And then God, in his infinite wisdom, and who I like to refer to as his number one assistant on earth, Mm-hmm. Mother Teresa, I was in to to share with me the fact that Jesus died for me. That's something I never heard before in my life, and that He loved me, and that He wanted to pour His mercy out over me. I never heard any of these things growing up. I only heard that I was in trouble for being the sinner that I was. Mm-hmm. That's all I ever heard as a young boy. I was robbed of the information of a loving God, 
in the truth about a loving God. I, I never got that information. So I'm excited to share that with folks, and hopefully for the, for the folks that are there, you know, it's kind of preaching to the choir there, right, because they're like-minded people. But I'm always excited to, to talk to people, parents in particular, about sharing that, the good news of Jesus with their kids, even if they're not their faith, right? Don't scare their children. God. Okay, I think we're, we're losing you there a little bit. I'm going to reintroduce and regroup, as we say, a reboot in the business. And, Jim, hang on. Hopefully we still have you on the phone. But yeah, That's okay. No problem. It's a goodnewsconference.com. One of the speakers is our guest this morning, Jim Wahlberg, who has an amazing testimony of his reversion story. He'll be speaking, as he mentioned, to TiVo Alpha. Also, the incredible Dr. Dave Pavanka from Franciscan University of Steubenville, Sister Bethany Madonna, Bishop Robert Marin, our very own Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, of course, Immaculate Illabagiza, who's just such a sweet sweetheart off the charts and then the one the only dr peter crave so it's quite the lineup including our guest this morning jim Wahlberg. now jim i know that you mentioned and you made a very good point that in some sense and i spoke at the conference last year which was off the charts too phenomenal with father john mercardo and bishop Barron and, and jonathan Numi and so many others Jonathan Rumi, but I think it's important for those of us in the choir to keep practicing. My father was in the choir for decades, and he practiced every single week. So even if we're faithful, we can get pulled away. We can't, you know, have this confidence where, oh, we're good. We're still doing the stuff we need to do. We constantly have to work on our relationship with God, correct? Amen. Absolutely. For me, and I learned this after having a conversion and then Somehow, you know, the devil is tricky, man. I, I walked away from that that experience. I walked away from Jesus, and now I didn't have the excuse of I didn't know. I knew better, and I walked away. Mm. And um, and I was blessed to be led to a, uh, a men's retreat, and, um, and, and my faith was reignited. And I realized in that moment that, any relationship worth having is going to take effort. Right. And if I want to have this relationship with Christ, I'm going to have to put the effort in. I'm going to have to put the time in. I'm going to have to seek him out. And I can't just, you know, cruise on this feeling, you know, I had this amazing, this sort of white light Jesus experience, if you will, right? I was lit on fire instantly. And if I want to, if I want that feeling or even any part of that feeling and that 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 hope that I get from Jesus, if I want to feel that and I want to feel his presence, I got to put the work in. Right. I got to put the effort in. I got to spend the time. I got to seek him out. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. And so you'll have your book there as well for a book signing and have your books available, correct? I will indeed, yeah. Good, it's a big good. hustle. Yeah, the, the big, big hustle. hustle. And, I, you know, and the big hustle is is a story about not only about my conversion and uh and, and it, you know it's my testimony but the big hustle error if you will was a catholic priest who was the who was the priest in the prison i was in and he hustled me back to the foot of the cross mm. you know under the pretense of hey you know i got this job for you and you know he never mentioned oh i want to get you back to mass he never mentioned, I want to get you to the foot of the cross. He never mentioned, you know, the sacrament. He didn't mention any of those things. He just said, hey, I got this job. I need a custodian. I hear you're doing good. Why don't you take this job? And before I knew it, I was in Mass. 
before I knew it, I was uh, I was being led to Jesus, and he did it in such a subtle, beautiful way. If he would have came to me and said, hey, I want to introduce you to Jesus, I might have ran in the other direction, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and, and then he was corresponding with Mother Teresa. He was one of the people that was responsible for her coming to that prison. And, um, you know, after my experience with her, I ran back to Father Freitas the next day and said, Father, I need to know more about this Jesus that she's talking about. And he kind of chuckled, you know, he's like, oh, got one. Right, and started to prepare me on that day. He started to catechize me and prepare me to make my confirmation, which I made in prison mm. two years later. And he started to prepare me in a very gentle and loving way because that's the only way I could get it. And wow. when I got transferred from one prison to the next, he called me to the chapel and said, "Okay, you're being transferred. Hold on a second. And he called the the priest in the next prison I was going to. And he said, Father, I have a special delivery FedEx package coming to you. His name is Jim Wahlberg, and this is where we are in the process of preparing him to be confirmed into the church. And he just gently passed me off to the next priest, and he he encouraged them and pleaded with them, handle with care. And, and, And these men of God, these representatives of Jesus Christ, gently prepared me to make my confirmation in state prison. And the healing that took place in that process for me, within, within my own family and with my mom in particular, uh, was incredible. She would, she would refer back to the moment in that prison when I made my confirmation for the rest of her life. She would re- refer back wow. to that moment and say, Jimmy, do you remember when I knew you were different? Jimmy, hang on, hon. we got to go into a commercial. I don't want to cut you off, but goodnewsconference.com. Jim Wahlberg is a guest. He's one of the speakers. It's coming up November 17th through the 19th. Stay tuned. Father Benedict Groeschel. I often go back to my childhood. In church, we love to be reverent, to Christ present in the Eucharist, to Christ on the cross. But I was also impressed by the reverence of my friends in the Salvation Army. They had a little band. And I used to walk past the band on Sunday morning on my way to church. And I was just a child. But I said, you know, they're trying to pray to God. They're showing reverence to God. All this was reverence. Now what do I see? I hear one irreverence after another. And week after week, month after month, the media churns out things that make fun of religion in general and make fun of Christianity in particular, and particularly make fun of the Catholic Church. No class. Absolutely no class. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. What are we asking God the Father when in the Lord's Prayer we plead, Thy kingdom come? The Catholic Catechism states the kingdom of God lies ahead of us, It is brought near in the Word incarnate, Jesus Christ. It is proclaimed throughout the whole gospel. In Christ's death and resurrection, it has come in the Eucharist. It is actually in our midst. When Christ hands it over to the Father, the kingdom will come in glory. St. Cyprian speculates the kingdom of God may even mean Christ himself coming into our lives. In the context of the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come is referring primarily to the final coming of the reign of God through Christ's return. 
Since Pentecost, the coming of God's reign is the work of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The end times in which we are living is the age of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Having a great conversation with Jim Wahlberg, author, speaker, and an amazing revert to the faith. You don't want to miss this conference. I spoke there last year. It was in Phoenix. This year it is in Orlando at the JW Marriott, which is a fabulous property. Goodnewsconference.com. In addition to the great speaker, Jim Wahlberg, Tim Tebow, Dr. Dave Pavanka, Sister Bethany Madonna, the one, the only Bishop Robert Barron, who I think is one of our greatest teachers that we have in the church today. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, woohoo! Now he needs a little bit more enthusiasm, but I'm sure he'll work on that. That is uh, <laughs> being a little sarcastic there. I love Deacon Harold. Immaculee, she's amazing. And then for the intellectuals, and actually for everybody, the incredible Dr. Peter Kraft. What a lineup, Jim. What an honor to speak with so many amazing people who are making such a difference in the world. All right, so I want to let you finish the story about your mama. We had to go because of the satellite, yeah. break, but finish the story. Right. So, so. You know, when it came time for me to make my confirmation in state prison, I called my mom, who had visited me one time in prison, and I was in the hole. I was in 23-hour-a-day lockup, and it was, it was bad. And she had promised herself that she would never visit any one of her children in prison again. And now here I am preparing to make my confirmation. And I called her, and I told her, I'm making my confirmation. I really would love it if you could be there. She said, let me think about it. Let me pray on it. And uh, she said, call me tomorrow. I called her the next day. She agreed to come. And that day, that the moment that she watched me be confirmed into the church and then the reception we had afterwards and how I was connecting with people and my head was up, my eyes were clear, it was her son again. I was, I was back. Mm. And she would refer back to that moment. Teresa, all the way until the very end of her life. Wow. She would she would refer back to that moment. She would say, Jimmy, do you remember that moment, the moment that I knew you were different? She actually wrote a letter to the parole board, and she said, before you stands a man of God, you can let him go now. It's okay. He ain't coming back. Hmm. And truer words were never spoken. Um, you know, I've been blessed, and, and I've never looked back. Um, and I've continued to move forward, and, and, and now I get to work for the Lord. I get to serve Him. I get to share all the great things that He's done in my life. I get to make films about good Catholic topics like St. Mother Teresa, and we're making a film about, uh, about the Eucharist and the Eucharistic revival, and, uh, and, and I just, I'm so blessed. It is incredible, isn't it? I mean, that verse in John 10.10, that God comes to give us life and so we can have it abundantly. I know a lot of people interpret that as a reference to heaven, which, of course, not that I'm a scripture scholar, but I think is very true. But I also think, Jim, that the Lord is telling us you can have an abundant life here. He wants us to have an abundant life. Not that we're not going to have suffering because we live in a fallen world, but when we turn our lives over to God, it's just like the gospel for today, the pearl of great price, which we also heard on Sunday. What are we searching for? What kind of pearls? Things that are going to just fade away or things that are going to do harm to us? Or are we really looking at Jesus? Amen. Amen. 
I, I really think what you said earlier, I wanted to pick up another point you made about the priests that really related to you in prison, because it brings up this whole idea of relationship. Because in this world, we were, and especially in this country, we are so divided. And you, it's like you can't even have yeah. a conversation with someone with whom you disagree anymore. It's just, it's just off the charts. Mm. So much anger and rage. And we know who the author of of division is and polarization. But what you said about building relationships, I believe the way the priest reached out to you and slowly brought you along, I mean, he got you into the mass and he, he understood where you were, met you where mm-hmm. you were at, and then brought you along. Yes, right? He did. Yes, he did, yeah. And and there was no other way. That was That was divinely inspired, the way he did that. There was no other way it was going to work for me. Right? He did. He he. It was. It was the necessary route. If he would have said to me, "Hey, oh, come on back to the church. Come on back to," I I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have been able to do that because the sad truth for me was, um, I didn't think I was worthy of God's love. I didn't think I was worthy to be in that church. I didn't think. I, I remember as a young child going to mass. And just feeling like everybody in the room was better than me, mm. right? That I wasn't good enough, that I didn't deserve this, that they could see the sin on me, you know? And um, and he just, he, he, he did it with such gentleness and, and love um, that it was, it couldn't, it couldn't have been any other thing but divinely inspired. Yeah, very powerful. It is amazing, isn't it, when you look back at your life? It's a, I always tell people, because I had my own struggles very different, I think you know a little bit of my story, but yeah. we, t- we tend to look at our life as a big mess, and if we look at, let's say, the back of a needlepoint or a tapestry, you've got yarn going yeah. this, that way, all different colors, doesn't seem to make any sense, and you turn it over, and then God's creating an incredible picture, but we just can't mm-hmm. buy into the lives of the devil who's trying to tell us, as you said, that, that you're not worthy, because that, we know where that comes from. It comes from the pit of hell. We're talking with Jim Walbert author and speaker he'll be taking part in the beautiful good news conference the website goodnewsconference.com i mean this lineup is just crazy amazing seriously right it, it is incredibly impressive and when i as i scroll through which i'm doing right now i get to my picture and i go what am i doing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh stop it well that's very humble of you but you have a great story and you're a very good speaker and you're so real you're so sincere, and you're very transparent, and that, I think, is so, so crucial, Jim. Well, I mean, how can I, how can I not be? Right. You know, all that, all, that, the, all that he has done for me, right? All that he has done for my family. I, I'm married to a beautiful, holy Catholic woman. Um, I have beautiful children. I, ha- I mean, my life is so far from where it was heading, right, and where it began, um, and, and it's, it's crazy because I feel like I had to suffer all the things that I had to suffer to be the man that I am today. Mm. Right. Mm. I had to, I had to go through all the things that I had to go through to have that experience with St. Mother Teresa in that prison and to be introduced to Jesus in the way that I was introduced to him. You know, I, here it is 30 some odd years later and I made a, I got to make a film about St. Mother Teresa. You know, like I, I'm, I'm being used by our Lord, um, you know, because only only God can take that mess, yeah, right, and turn it into a message, right? Only God can. I mean, think about the disaster that my life was: homeless, in and out of prison, you know, fully addicted, 
lost and alone, broken and sad, and in prison with, I was 18 years old, and I got three to five years in prison with murderers and real, like, maximum security. Um, only, only God can deliver you from right. that. Only, only the love of Christ can deliver you from that. Amen. Well, thank you for being so transparent and real. Thank you for your book, which is incredible, and for taking part in this beautiful conference, which is co-sponsored by Word on Fire and Corporate Travel. And, and Bishop Barron is just the best. He, I just think he's such a great communicator. Amen. It just makes so much sense. So again, Jim Wahlberg um, speaking, psyched. Bishop Barron. I know you yeah. should be psyched. It's going to be great. And I hope I'm we so can... Uh, I, have me- I, haven't met- I haven't met Bishop Barron. Oh, he's like, so I'm- nice. He's so nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm bringing my camera. I'm taking. I'm gonna be. A, I'm gonna be a fan. <laughs> you gonna be a groupie? You gonna be a groupie? Go around I'm taking photos. Gr- I'm gonna be a groupie. I'm asking for autographs and pictures. There you go. Well, why not? And then Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, the beautiful Immaculate oh. Ilabagiza, Doctor Peter Crave, Tim Tebow. Father Pavanka from Steubenville, Sister Bethany, and on and on and on, and Jim Wahlberg. Jim, thanks. God love you. Hope to see you in Detroit when you have your golf outing later this month. And again, I'll folks. Okay, I will hopefully, I don't golf, but I'll come and say hi and shake your hand and take some pictures. I'll be a groupie that day. Goodnewsconference.com, November 17th through the 19th at the beautiful J.W. Marriott Grand in Orlando. Goodnewsconference.com. Time is God's creation. He actualizes his plan of salvation in time and in space. We live at that interface between time and eternity, and that is never more visible to us as in the liturgy, where heaven touches earth. That's where our attention catches a glimpse of eternity, and then, unfortunately, the the veil falls too quickly back over our eyes, time passes, memory fades, willpower weakens, our attention gets restless and flitters uh, between the urgent and the importance, the trivial, the profound. In and of itself, time serves nothing. It improves nothing. But through the church calendar, Christ is restructuring time to assist in our sanctification. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Do you have a lonely brain? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Loneliness, only enhanced during the pandemic, can actually help alter certain brain patterns, which can lead to various mental health issues like anxiety and depression. Your physical health can be challenged. Even with social media, loneliness is described as an epidemic. Loneliness can be complex, and there's a stigma associated with it. But mindfulness training, what you and I may call quiet and holy time, has been shown to combat loneliness. Pray more, breathe deeply, increase your list of friends, even force being more social. Don't be afraid to gather or appropriately touch others. A hug or a fist bump can signal that you are present with somebody. Let's not forget our priests and religious sisters and brothers. When was the last time you hugged your priest? If you sense somebody you know is lonely, ask them how you can help. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on the lonely brain at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net.
39 minutes past the hour on a Wednesday, which means we head over to the eternal city of Roma to check in with Joan Lewis, all things Vatican, all things, well, Italy. But today we switch to Portugal for all things World Youth Day, where the Pope is. So, wow, exciting times. Good morning. Good afternoon, actually, for you. Yeah. Oh, exciting times indeed. And and uh, I've been to Lisbon. It is such a beautiful city. I was there one time during Holy Week, visited Fatima on Good Friday, so Portugal was wonderful, welcoming, and, and I know the youth there today and all the priests and bishops are having a spectacular time. And you know, Teresa, I don't know if you've ever uh, been to World Youth Days. I've been and covered a number. They are so energizing and uplifting. They were for me. Um, just the sheer numbers of young people from around the world and, and watching them congregate and eat and sing and pray and, and their attendance at all the catechal, uh, catechetical sessions mm-hmm. that are led by cardinals and bishops. And I was telling Jim and Joy about this the other night, and I said, you go, I went to bed at night with a smile on my face and woke up the, the next morning the same way. And sometimes you get to your hotel <laughs> a little later at night because right. covering the distances in the various cities uh, can, can be enormous. And it's been fun for me to look at some of the journalists, uh, EWTN in particular, the comments being made, um, like on the WhatsApp page, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the authorities tell you with very little pre-notice that they're closing thus and such an entrance to a, you know, a papal event or other event, um, or that so many subway lines will be closed. And what major hotel uh, the day you arrived it seemed close to all the venues, all of a sudden you're very far away and have to do a lot of walking. So any of the coverage we see by anybody uh, and all of the amazing coverage on EWTN, just know that our colleagues are are going through a lot. But, yes. Um, yeah, it, it looks so easy, yeah. right? Smoke and mirrors. But you and I know yeah, being, oh, sure. you know, what goes on behind the scenes with TV, and I was telling folks to make sure that they follow very closely all the terrific coverage that we're providing. But the Pope made it there safely, thanks be to God, and meeting with dignitaries yeah. today, correct? Exactly. Today is his first day, so there have been pre-papal arrival events, obviously. There was an opening mass last night, etc. And um, it's interesting, looking at some of the figures that have come out, there are 300, and there were 354,000 registered pilgrims. And it was about 200,000 or so estimated to have been at the, or, or 200,000 or more at that first mass. And if you, you wonder, you know, if the other masses are in the same place, people are going to have to be hanging off of trees because it just didn't look like there was um, a, a square centimeter left. But the interesting thing is the organizers are estimating that for the final papal closing mass on Sunday, there will be close to a million faithful. And get this, Lisbon's population is 3 million. So wow. that would be that would be one third, third of the population of the of their total population um, invading, uh, if, if you can say, I can't think of another word, invading the city on on, on Monday. So, um, but there's so many interesting uh, aspects to this. What you know on TV, you're going to see the principal moments with the Pope, et cetera, et cetera. But I've I've put some 
um, some links out there to the EWTN site that on Twitter and Facebook and, and all the other social media that night and day are covering this. Interviews with organizers, with volunteers, with some of the, the students present, um, personal videos, Facebook Live type things by many members of the media. And um, interestingly enough, the uh, figures for media uh, that have been put out officially are that um, the media center, it's, it's next to the park where the opening mass is and, and the welcoming ceremony with uh, Pope Francis, uh, Edward VII Park. So that might be kind of good. And then the Via Crucis, the way is across, that will take place, which is always typical, on the Friday of the World Youth Day weekend. So the the center has working spaces for more than 400 journalists, but according to the organizers, more than 4,000 professionals um, signed up for the, have been accredited. So this is your reporters. It's what they call camera people, what mm-hmm. you and I call photographers, right. and um, obviously all the all the television things. So the the media presence is just enormous, and that's so good to know. Yes. I, I mean, you, if you avoid, I mean, if you don't see any World Youth Day coverage, that means you haven't looked, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, Well, that's good to know, because sometimes as big as these events are, and we know, for example, as you well know, uh, being over in Europe during the March for Life, in January, sure. oftentimes the media, secular media, do not cover the March of Life. And it's not that big in terms of a half a million, but we do get anywhere from, and I was talking to Jeannie Mancini from the March of Life a few weeks ago, for example, we get anywhere from between 100,000 to well over 200,000 people. And it's like crickets in the secular media. And if they do cover it, it's in a very critical and biased way. So I'm glad to see, in addition to obviously our outlets and other Catholic and, and Christian outlets, that there is a lot of coverage and what you're finding. Yeah, exactly. And um, I've gone online and, you know, I've reposted some things on, on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll do that. And the Pope has only been there since, like, um, 10 this morning. His plane arrived, the media told us, six minutes in advance. Wow, there <laughs> so, you go. And I know. So we had the Pope, and I think it's about 70 or so journalists on the papal plane, and but some figures came out today, other than the, uh, the numbers I just gave you about uh, young people who had signed up. Lisbon is hosting 688 bishops, including 30 cardinals. So the countries with the most bishops represented are Italy, Spain, France, the U.S. in fourth place, and Portugal uh, in fifth place. So 61 bishops from the U.S., not too shabby. France, 65, Spain, 70, and Italy, as you might imagine, you know, 109. So, um, and, and Teresa, it's wonderful. There's all kinds of special venues um, and events set up for a- anyone who might be have, have any kind of a, a physical impairment or, you know, be in a wheelchair or something else like that, and that's wonderful. And then, of course, as is true of all World Youth Days, um, big uh, a big section of land will be given uh, over to confessions. And that's obviously, I just gave you numbers for bishops. I have no idea, but it has to be, I'm going to guess a couple thousand, a priest, because the groups coming, even from the United States, the priests that accompany the 1,300 different groups from the U.S., and I, 
I, we are the fifth largest uh, delegation at World Youth Day with uh, just under 30,000 participants. So that's a, that's a pretty massive number. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the other highlights I learned about from one of the EWTN uh, journalists, they have, um, Lisbon has set up what's called the vocational fair. And this is uh, apparently one of the most special and successful initiatives of World Youth Day in Lisbon. And here, pilgrims can learn about the testimonies of men and women who have given their lives to God in more than 150 congregations and movements. And, Teresa, interestingly enough, I did read, again, this was on the WhatsApp site of the EWTN people present um, in, in Lisbon. This is one site that is off um, limits to the media. So, mm. this is, you know, when you think about it, why not? I mean, it's, it's not confession, but um, just think of the questions that young people may have when they talk to Franciscans and Dominicans and, and OMIs and so many other men and women who have consecrated their lives um, you know, in these congregations and movements, you've got to know that a moment like that is is actually very private. And, and oh, Teresa, if you allow me a personal remembrance, sure. a personal memory for a moment. Absolutely. Oh, I was at I was working in the Vatican in 1993, and I was in the official papal party um, for World Youth Day in um, in Denver. And one of my responsibilities was at Regis University to, um, for three days in a row, I had to moderate a press conference between young people and and the media. That was one of the more interesting experiences of my entire life. So each day I had one boy and one girl, uh, each from different countries, mm-hmm. present to talk and to answer media questions. And the media was really generally one exception that stands out, the media was generally nice and very curious. So the last day, I had three young people, three different countries, one of whom, her name was Donna Marie Frazier, and um, she really held her own when the only media person present who uh, actually upset his colleagues as well, got up and said, okay, now you guys are not letting us in to these daily meetings with bishops and, and others who are giving you courses, but I'm sure this is because you're actually talking about things like um, women in the priesthood, et cetera. Oh, please, here we go. Uh, oh, <laughs> go ahead. I, listen, her, I could see... I could see Donna Marie holding a rosary in her hand, and she pressed it so hard I thought she'd bleed. Anyway, Mm. she sat there, calm as you can imagine, and she said, Actually, sir, what we are discussing is the importance of faith in our life, and more than that, what we had, this was a youth day special that took place before the papal arrival at Regis University. Anyway, she said, what we are discussing is how to help our young sisters and brothers around the world who live in countries where they be, are being challenged for her faith. So her, her answer was brilliant. You could see all the other journalists kind of you know, doing a thumbs up. Okay, so finally, it's the weekend. The Pope's been there. Donna Marie comes up to me, and she said, Joan, I want to meet Cardinal um, uh, O'Connor of New York Mm -hmm. because he's founded this wonderful order, the Sisters of Life, and I think I want to become one. 
And so and there was a special area reserved for all of us uh, attached to the Vatican to meet before the final papal mass. So I introduced the cardinal, whom I had known for years, and Donna Marie, and I started to walk away. And both of them said, no, no, remain here. And, of course, the upshot of the story is Donna Marie has been, well, I guess this would be 30 years now. She's uh, been a sister of life all of those years. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, Oh, I just, I can see her face as I'm telling you this. I can see the cardinal's face, a a man whom I greatly loved and and esteemed. And, um, but, you know, Teresa, you and I know of that's just one story. It's my own personal one. But uh, the huge vocations that have been born, we have very, uh, very big numbers, certainly for uh, World Youth Days presided over. In Denver. When it was in Denver. Benedict. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Huge numbers of vocations. So this is all about Jesus and young people finding Jesus and and creating a better relationship with him. So we, we certainly have to pray that every single moment is even more special that the, uh, than they intend it to be. So, Well, what a great story, and thank you for sharing. And I know you're sharing more on your blog at jonesrome at wordpress.com. So tune in to Joan and also, of course, to all of our great coverage every day through this weekend when World Youth Day wraps up. And hopefully we'll have more on that tomorrow as well, live from Portugal. We're working on it. Stay tuned. We'll let you know a little bit more about tomorrow's program when we return on a Wednesday morning. Hi friends, Janet Williams here. Join me every Wednesday on Women of Grace Live as I welcome new age researcher and blogger for Women of Grace, Sue Brinkman. Sue and I will be talking about all the wacky things that could distract you from your faith. Psychics, yoga, Reiki, crystals, acupuncture, Ouija boards, tarot cards, and astral traveling are just a few of the stranger things we discuss. That's why we call it Wacky Wednesday. So join us at 11 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. As Catholic parents, we know that parenting can be hard, frustrating, and lonely. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting faithful parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day. Get expert help with discipline issues. Self-care. Creating a stronger marriage. Living your faith at home. We're just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to the personalized expert support you'll get as a premium member of CatholicHOM.com, you'll get access to tons of creative resources. Check out entertaining videos that teach your kids to get along with each other and love the Lord. Downloadable activities. Monthly live parenting Q&As. A supportive community of faithful parents. And tons of other benefits like our exclusive Catholic Home podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home community. Remember, that's CatholicHOM.com. We can't Can't wait wait to to see see you there. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and lighthouse work. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com.
Thank you so much for tuning in to a Wednesday morning edition of Catholic Connection. And don't forget all the information on all of our guests and events that we mentioned archived. And for this particular show, Catholic Connection, you can go to the website, AveMariaRadio.net, and then just go to the archive section and you'll see the little um, icons for the shows and click on the different icon of the show you prefer. So I just want to remind you that we will have information on that link for the Good News Conference coming up in November, featuring our guest today, Jim Wahlberg, and a number of amazing speakers. It's going to be a great event. That's coming up in November, goodnewsconference.com, co-sponsored by Word on Fire Ministry of Bishop Robert Barron and corporate travel of southeastern Michigan. They've got Immaculate, they've got Father Pavanka, they've got our own Deacon Harold, and of course Bishop Barron, who is phenomenal and such a great speaker in his own right. So it's going to be a great event. That's goodnewsconference.com. And then Joan Lewis, of course, Joan Jones Rome at wordpress.com. So tomorrow, as we mentioned, working on getting some live reports on World Youth Day for you. And also, speaking of EW10, the one, the only, Father Mitch Pacwa joins us for Coulter Connection. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Adomani. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.